Hi, everybody, and welcome back to yet another cracking installment of the Map Round Show. That's my phone going off <laughs> on the Secrets of Fail series right here. So you get the drift, right? So we're talking to uh, CEOs, business owners, uh, and founders all about the epic business blunders and everything they've learned in the process of essentially failing <laughs> and everything they've learned. And with us on the line from California is the co-founder and CRO, Braden Young, of a great company called Sendoso. Braden, welcome to the show, dude. Awesome. Good to be here. A cracking episode. I like cracking, that. Cracking. 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 Yeah, yeah. It's like the LA. I'm learning all about the NHL teams here. It's amazing. Like the cracking. Right. Yeah, that's my team. <laughs> <laughs> all righty. Maybe in another life or in 20 years, we shall see. Cool, bad. So why don't you kick us off, Braden, uh, with the elevator pitch. What are you guys up to at Sendoso? Yeah. So Sendoso is a sending platform. So anything you might want to send to a customer, to a prospect, to an employee, uh, we do. And then we track all of it. So if you send that prospect a $5 Starbucks gift card or swag, et cetera, you can do it right from your CRM and we can track what they do after. Do they buy more? Do they actually sign the contract? Uh, so we're your first ones. You're doing all your gifting and making it easier for you. You can also automate all of it too, to just make it simple. Alrighty, cool. So how big of a problem is this sending files these days? I mean, it's the oldest problem in business. I mean, everyone takes, especially now since we're all back kind of in person, right? I mean, everyone likes to take an, like, an employee or a customer or prospect to lunch or send a gift. If, if it's their birthday, if they have a kid, they might send something. So it happens all the time or holiday gifts. But the thing is, is no one's ever tracked what that actually does for you. So it's like, hmm. cool, he's on holiday gifts. Like, did that help close the deal? Did that, did they buy more after? So we're, we're the first ones basically proved that is the way that it is, that it does help. Yes, yes, you have. You were the guy. <laughs> you were the guy, yeah. You were the guy, dude. All righty, so let's get on to the meat and the potatoes here, bud. So what is your story of fail for our audience around the world today? Yeah, so I think the, the when I was thinking about this kind of over the last few days, like the biggest kind of failure story that we've had, I'll give a recent one. And probably about two years ago, we've always been a product where we charge a SaaS fee. So it's like there's a cost to use the platform and then you actually pay for the things you might send. So if it's swag, for example, or an e-gift, you pay for those things. And about two years ago, we came up with the whole idea, like let's roll out a free version of our platform where people can, anyone from an SDR to an AE, it's like anyone out there can go and log in and send e-gifts out for, there's no software free, like the, only they'll pay for the gifts themselves. So we built this entire product. We had a massive team around it. And the thought was like, let, let's launch this thing, get it out there and we'll see how it goes. And we totally botched the rollout of it. Like we're like, let's only give it to 1% of traffic and let's not roll it out to everybody just yet. And then COVID hit at the same time too. And we're like, oh, let's scrap the entire thing. No one wants a free version to send stuff out at all. Like let's, let's, let's put the team on something else. And when we did that, that was the biggest mistake by far, because what ended up happening was over the last two or three years, we've seen competitors pop up doing the exact same thing. Where it's like, all of a sudden, all these companies come out like, oh, we send out e-gifts for free. You only pay for the gifts themselves. And we're like, we had already built that product three years ago or three, three years ago and some change and we didn't do it. And so we were losing market share over these companies that were basically just helping salespeople on their own send out gifts to prospects and you know, friends, et cetera. So uh, we were like, man, if we would have pushed this thing out right away, we would have absorbed that market. And then you have a bottoms up approach and a top down approach, which was our core product. So 
big mistake by not pushing that guy out right away because we ended up letting competitors pop up out of nowhere who we now compete with today. Hmm. So just sticking with the story for a bit, what, did you, at what point did you real, did you, well, firstly, why did you pull it? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, was it, what was there a business? Cause you, you did, you built the thing. Yeah. You had it all planned. You wouldn't do 1% of traffic. So why were the, why was it pulled? So the, the biggest, the biggest problem that we ran into was we didn't do a good job of internally letting this, especially the sales team know what we were doing. So the sales team sells a product with a SaaS fee and we were rolling out a free plan. So the entire go-to-market team looked at this as a way that was going to cannibalize their entire market. It was like, why would you roll out a free plan and destroy what we're selling and charging money for? So there was zero enablement internally. So what we were trying to do was actually build them more pipeline by having a free version of our product. And they could get into accounts you know, from the bottoms approach rather than having to do demos from CMOs and CROs. And we didn't educate the sales team at all or the marketing team how what we wanted to build. We just kind of built this on an island and it was this is gonna be great. We're gonna push it. And without education, when we started rolling it out, every single department was like, This is gonna kill what we're doing, like kill it. And there was, you know, upheaval internally as like we didn't want this product. And so that was mm-hmm. that was the number one reason was to hey, keep everybody happy internally and not have a free product, uh, even though we thought it was a good idea. So now your competitors have done this free product thing and has, exactly. that, has that, you know, I suppose it has it messed with your share at all? Yeah. So now, you know, when you go into a deal, you might have, there might be using a product that's free and they're already using something. And so it's, there's an upgrade path for competition. So what we ended up doing about four months ago was rolling this thing out finally. Uh, like, so this is why uh, it was a recent one. Like, hey, here's, we call it Sendoso Express. There's a free version of our software we rolled out. Now you go to our site, there's a button that says like start for free. And the day one we rolled it out, we had 180 signups. Like day one, like that's massive for 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 a B2B SaaS platform. So mm. it was like, okay, well, that, that would have been interesting three years ago. I, I think this goes to say like, whenever you have like product ideas, the biggest thing is you have to loop in the right teams. And we didn't do that. We just built it on our own and pushed it and didn't mm. think about what sales is going to say or marketing. And like, that was our biggest issue was not doing the right channels internally and just acting like entrepreneurs and being like, Hey, this is going to be great. And shoving it down our employees throats and not actually having the right conversations as to why it was exciting. Mm. It was like, good luck. Yeah. Tell me about it, man. So tell me, what did you learn from that as a key lesson? Yeah. The biggest one would be really having a story and sticking to your vision that you originally come up with when you started the company. So we knew what we wanted to do. We, we knew we wanted to make gifting really easy for folks. And this new free plan that we were building kind of fit right into that. And we didn't spend the time educating the right teams about what we wanted to build and why this fit the vision of, of like the next step for Sendoso. So that was the biggest one. Number one is you have to make sure you're in constant communication with not just one team, but you know every team across the company, every department across the company as to what you're building, why it's important and how it's going to help. But the biggest one, I would say, the, the biggest issue and error and, and thing that we probably learned is the the thought is like sales looked at this as like a way that it was going to cannibalize their pipeline. But what they didn't realize was a year, two years down the road, it would do the exact opposite. Like when you go in and sell a sales deal, if an enterprise company who we sell is already using the free version, and maybe a hundred people are there, that's a much easier conversation to be like, hey, let's upgrade you to a you know plan that you pay for. 
rather than going in blind where they're not being, you know, not, they haven't used anything at all and gifting is not core to their strategy there. So mm-hmm. it was more of a selling folks in the future conversation rather than, and like, and not talking about like what was going to happen the next day. Mm. How do you influence those kinds of conversations? Because if I was sitting at the top as a visionary CEO founder and I was like, cool, here's, I mean, I've been there, you know, you, you're, you, you go one way and you're like, cool, there's a shiny new object. Let's build that thing. And then you go and build that thing, but then it gets, you know, um, cannibalized by the inertia of existing people, systems, ideas, customers, shareholders, investors, as an example. Um, and, you know, if, if I had a vision for the future and it was basically derailed for whatever reason through internal inertia or just like, hey, you're going to, you know, we're already doing whatever the reasons were, um, yeah. like that would really piss me off. You know what I mean? Like I would be like, no, yep. no, we're doing this to your point because now it's almost like hindsight's the perfect science, right? Because now it's almost gone full circle where it's like, no, no, <laughs> we've done now you've done it anyway. You just lost yeah. eighteen months of roadway. Uh, sorry, of a of a roadmap. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So what what's your advice to a founder try, to overcome this in, internal inertia when you're trying to lead the company and the team into a new space? I think a lot of it comes back to like the culture that you want to build internally at the company. I mean, all of us as founders have egos and I think you wouldn't jump into doing your own thing unless you did have an ego there. But I feel like you want to have a culture where you're hoping for disagreement. Mm-hmm. And I think that like, if you come up with an idea and you're like, Hey, here's a, and like, there's, you know, I had five ideas this morning of, of different things we can do. And there needs to be a culture of like, you pitch those ideas to like your peers or your exec team or your, whoever you talk to all day long. And if they're like, that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard. Like, why in the hell would we do that? But being able to say that to the CEO and to the founder and being able to and have them defend like why they think this is important. Like, Hey, this matches the values. This matches the original vision that we had. Like the reason we want to do this is because of ABC and like to be shut down by somebody who's like an AE or whoever is be like, Hey, that's a, that's a freaking dog shit idea man like like why, why would we do that that's going to destroy us or that's going to cannibalize us and like them not being able to defend that then i think like if that's why we originally shut it down now was that an error yes because we weren't defending it the right way and because we and we didn't have the right data around like hey this is why this is going to be great so i think you got to have that culture of like an open level playing field and egos need to go away no matter who you are disagreement is encouraged and idea creation is encouraged and like and that's something that I would suggest every founder has. And at first it's going to feel awkward because I would say a lot of employees are like, I don't want to like tell this person who's my employer that their idea they have is total shit. But I think that like it needs to be encouraged. And if it's not, then I don't think you can innovate as a team or as a company. Yeah. No one's going to tell you you suck to your face. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I mean, like that, that's what I would say is like the, the thing is like, and like it, it has to be able to be defended. Like if you're like, Hey, this is what we want to do. This is a new product. Awesome. Why is it important? And if you can't say that to your team internally, it's probably not the best idea. No, it's not. So let's go back in time, dude. So what would you do differently if you could go back in time? Like, you know, team there, it's all being people are like, no, no, this isn't, this is going to derail us, can like, all that stuff. What would you yep. do differently knowing what you know now? 
Uh, we would have spent a lot more time on how and having an actual rollout strategy. Like, let's start with like maybe SMB customers and then mid market and then see how it goes there. We would also spend a lot more time on like what an upgrade path is. So, if someone comes in and, and signs up for free for this service, like that's a good sign if they're the right name, if they're a target customer that you can then loop it in AE or an SDR in to basically walk them through what the differences between a free platform mm. and a paid platform is like all that process. I would spend so much time on to get the sales team actually excited about it. And I would spend a lot more time with marketing to be like, hey, like I'm not asking you to do more with less, which is the mantra these days. It's like, I, w- I want to focus on this because this is going to help build pipeline for us like over the period of the next year. Mm-hmm. So I'd spend a lot more time on, on basically overall enabling the team on why this is important mm-hmm. and why this is not only going to work you know, in the economy we're in three years ago, but why this can work in the next three, four years and why product-led growth is a really important strategy as the economy changes and shifts, et cetera. So what is a lot more time on that and a lot more time on selling the overall vision as to how it fits it. So defending it and actually having good answers to questions that we were asked, which, are really, which originally made us shut it down for mm-hmm. sure. Very, very cool, buddy. Listen, so what's your advice to other CEOs or entrepreneurs, uh, Braden, in terms of the importance of failure in business success? I think the biggest one is make sure to have postmortems with your co-founder or your friends or people you trust internally around like failures that you have. Like, I think your mistakes happen every day, like multiple times every day, and you learn from them. And when you do learn from them, like, what did you learn and how would you change the way that you would do it the next time around? And to have open dialogue and conversations about it. Like we have an all hands every week internally here. We talk about failures that I've made, that my co-founders made, that executives make. And it's good to be open and transparent about it because that encourages the culture and folks internally to do the same. Because the only way you grow is if you have failures. Mm. Yeah. And tell me, are there any books or tools or resources that you encourage uh, other CEOs to use? So my favorite book of all time, and I can only mention this because I'm wearing this stuff. It's like, if you haven't read like Let My People Surf, I think it's the coolest book. Speaking of LA, like that's like the the, the Patagonia guy around like having him, like how he never wanted to start a company and how he had such faith in his employees and trust. It was like, go do whatever the hell you want. You want to go to surf? Awesome. Cool. Go jump in it. Come back and work later. I love that book. I recommend it to every executive who starts here. I send it to them. Uh, so like, that's a really, really good one is to let my people serve. So if you haven't read it, please do. It's a good vacation book too. Oh, beautiful, man. That's such great advice. Look, uh, Braden, thanks, man, for being on the show. And thank you for lending your perspective on uh, the importance of failure and your own personal experience in that area. Obviously, you know, to build a company to the size of what you guys are at. This is the <laughs> failure is like, there's only, this story is only one of a thousand, I'm sure. But uh, but I appreciate you, Bad, for being here. Awesome. Thank you, Matt. Cheers, everyone.